0: Last weekend, a number of you would have experienced uh, the Holy Spirit through his mighty man called Mike Connell, who, who preached and, and really moved powerfully in teaching the Word of God, and then many people were set free from things that, that they've uh, been tormented by, that have been experiencing, maybe been in your head for, for years. Uh, I've talked to a number of people this week, and they just said, I cannot believe how different I feel since the weekend. And that's because demonic spirits have been broken off their life and they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I talked to one young lady. She said, for, for months, I've had purple lines under my eyes. And as soon as I got prayed for, they left. And this joy has come. Her mom, who's not really a believer, like, what's going on with you? Uh, and that, it's, it's because there's freedom. And I just want to just very quickly, before we get into today's word, talk about if you've had that, how to keep it. Because some of you might not have had the best week, you might have had the worst week following that because there's warfare going on after you've experienced freedom or something's been stirred up. So just really quickly, let me tell you, the Bible, Jesus taught that when a, a spirit is cast out of a person, it goes away and a spirit needs to habitate a, a home. So it wanders in the desert, and then it comes back and it's, he said this, and if it finds you empty, uh, swept out and in order, it'll find more friends and try and come back and fill you. Okay, so this is Jesus. So, so what happens when we get delivered from evil spirits, from demons, they leave us, but they will try and come back to us. They will try and come back to us. So here's the first thing it says there, uh, that they were empty. So here's the key, don't be empty get filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've been set free, make a focus on speaking in tongues, because as you speak in tongues, you get strong on the inside. Focus on getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Focus on worship. Create an atmosphere of worship to get yourself filled with the Holy Spirit. And focus on prayer so that you're connecting with God, so that instead of being empty, you're full of the Holy Ghost. That's the first thing. The next thing it says, um, I'll get filled of the Word. So just begin to speak the Word of God over your life. Read the Bible and confirm confess the word of God so that you're creating like a shield around about you so that you're not going to have that come back. That's that's two things get filled. Then it said is swept and in order. And sometimes we can think, well, if I'm just a good person, then I'm going to be good. I've swept and in order. If I'm a good person, I'll be good. But that's that's actually not it. You can be a good person and evil spirits can still come back and attack you and take hold, take over you. So, so here's the deal. The Bible says this, submit to God in James and resist the devil and he will flee. So it's not just about being good. Sub- that, that's submit to God. I'm doing things your way. I'm not sinning and opening that door again will, willingly, but you've got to resist the devil. That means he might come back with some symptoms of pain sometimes when you got healed and you've got to actually go hang on a minute, I'm not accepting what's coming back. I'm not accepting that anxiety. I'm not accepting that. And sometimes you've got to fight for it for a little while, but you just, you've got to rise up on the inside and say, no, I'm not taking that back in Jesus' name, all right? Just so you know, keep, I want you to keep your freedom. And I'm also, I did, we mentioned it before, but next, next week on Tuesday night is our Dream Team United very excited about sharing uh, future locations for our multi-site church. So that's, that's in about 10 days, nine days time. But I'm also wanting to talk to people who responded to this sense of consecration, and I want to step up, and I, I want to give my life to God. I'm actually going to spell out some ways that you can step up in the life of our church. One of them is intern, and we had seven, six or seven new interns come to the mid-year intake already, which is awesome. But some of you can't quite do an internship. You're just not in that season, but you still want to step up. Make sure you're at Dream Team United and we'll talk about some options or ways that you can do that while you're working full time. Make sense today? All right, here we go. It's the month of miracles. It's always the month of miracles, actually. Just, it's, we're always in the season of believing for the miraculous. But particularly, this is a month where we're going to speak into that, believe together. We're going to fast together for 10 days at the end of the month. So just start building up for that. And that doesn't mean like storing up food. It's like, you know, Dad, when you're, your mom, you're about to have a baby, you're like, can I bank some sleep before we have this baby? Uh, I'm not sure if it even works. Sleep banking, does it work? Is it a thing? It's not a thing. Okay. So food banking is not a good idea either before a fast. So don't go banking food before the fast, all right? Uh, so the text that I want us to look at today comes out of Romans chapter four. And my title of this message is called Face the Facts. Face the Facts. Everybody say Face the Facts. All right, Romans 4 verse 18 says this, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact, say face the fact. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a 100 years old. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. She was 99. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. I love this scripture. That's our text for today. I'm going to pull over to Genesis chapter 12, just so we understand. Abraham is is often referred to as the father of faith. He's, he's often referred to as the father of all those who believe in Jesus Christ. He is a, a spiritual father, if you like, because the way Abraham lived his life created a pattern for everybody who who would follow to live our lives the same way. That's why he's in the New Testament. He's talked about quite a bit. Follow after this pattern and the promise it talks about it says he was a 100 years old but he, he didn't look at he didn't um, sort of depend on his age he depended on the promise of God so I just want us to have a look at the promise that God gave him in Genesis 12 verse 1 to 3 now the Lord had said to Abram get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Just for a moment, I, I want to pause there. I, I felt like the Lord spoke to me last night about today to, to pray specifically for people who are believing for the miracle of owning your own home. And so at the end of this service, we're going to pray and we're going to believe together. I've, saw, I've seen a picture. I'll, I'll relay that at the end of the service. But for those of you who are specifically believing for that miracle, today we're going to pray together about that. Because it's interesting to me that the first promise that God gave to Abraham, to Abraham at this point was land. He wanted to give him land. There's something spiritual and significant about land. Wars are fought predominantly over land and the resources within land. Land has something spiritual and significant about it. It's 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 a significant thing for for a believer to buy their own land and to own their own home. It's it's putting down a stake and a door for the kingdom of, of heaven on planet Earth. It's very significant for a church to buy its own land and to build its own building. There's something extremely significant in the realm of the spirit that happens when a church takes its land. Okay, and so the first promise. To Abram was land. I will take you out of the land from your fathers and forefathers into the land of Canaan. I will make you a great nation. Remember, at this point, uh, Abram's 75 years old. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I'll curse him who curses you. And in, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. So so Abram gets this great promise from God. And for 24 years, or actually for 25 years, he walks around having had this promise that, that I'm gonna make you a father of many nations. And he has a few shots at trying to do it himself. It doesn't work. Uh, he, he, God has a few moments where he has to take him up on top of a, a mountain, as we talked about at Powerhouse, and remind him of his promise. He had to get him outside of a tent one day and say, look at the stars in the sky. That's how many descendants you'll have. Look at the sand on the earth. That's how many descendants you'll have. And he, he, had, to, he had to keep believing God in spite of the fact that he got to 100 years old, and his wife was 99 years old, and her womb was barren. It, it had died, it had shriveled up, okay? And, and Abr- Abram, I mean, let's, let's be honest, at 100 years old, you're probably not really thinking about having children. You're probably not thinking about doing the thing that makes you have children, I would imagine. You might be at the stage that if it happens once a year, it's a good year, I don't know just wondering and don't, don't come and tell me later on please just hold, hold back on that if any of you are 100 at this point but I, I, I love this thing Abram without weakening his faith faced the fact he faced the fact that his body was dead was, was wasn't going to happen sometimes I hear people who are believing for God to do something impossible and they're believing for God to do something supernatural and they, but, but what happens is they will actually almost go I don't want to know the facts because I think the facts might they might undermine my faith the facts might, they might uh, discourage me. That When I hear the facts, they cause me to be anxious. When I hear the facts, uh, when, I, when, I see, when I see the letter coming from the bank about what it wants to do to our house, I, I don't like seeing that, and I'd prefer to push that out of the way. When I see the doctor's report, when I see the prognosis, I don't like to see that because it makes me feel nervous. I don't like to talk about it. I, I'd rather ignore it and, and walk over here and pretend it's not real. I want to tell you today that the beginning of a miracle is when we actually face the facts, when we actually look at them, stare at them, Acknowledge them. Acknowledge that there's fear and anxiety around those things. Acknowledge the worst case scenario, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you throw us into the fire. Well, well, we, we, God's able to deliver us. We know that. But if he doesn't, we're still going to worship him. But we would believe he's going to. So they know God's able to. But they know that if he doesn't, it's going to be a quick, painful death. But they're still going to worship God. But then they make a faith, statement of faith saying, but he will deliver us. And so sometimes, and I've seen this with different people over the years, I've seen, I've seen people who tell me that they're in faith, but actually they're in fear because underneath it is an unwillingness to look at the facts. I've, I've prayed for someone who, who died of cancer who refused to tell their children that they had cancer because they were believing God. But they weren't believing God. They were in fear and didn't want to face the facts. And I want to tell you today that the beginning of your miracle is to look at that bank statement, is to, look at, is to look at that doctor's report, is to look at the condition of that relationship, face it head on, and then acknowledge it to God and bring it to God and go, all right, I know Sarah's womb is dead. It's, it's impossible. You see, when you acknowledge that something's impossible, then you're actually giving God room to do something that brings Him glory. When you acknowledge that something is impossible, then we're giving Him the capacity to do something. In fact, so, so by saying, oh, it's not that bad, it's not that bad, well, we're actually saying, well, I can handle it. But when we say, actually, it's really bad, but it's lost its power over me because I've got something better than facts. There's always something better than facts, and it's a promise from God. When God gives you a promise, that, I don't know how many of you are card players. Have we got any card players in the house today? Have you, have you, you're awesome, Teresa. Thank you. I, I, I grew up playing cards, and when you play cards at 500 or, or these different things, there's some of these games that have a suit called, that are called trumps. Not Donald Trump. It's sort of stolen the whole concept away for a moment, but stay with me in the card version. And so you can have the ace, king, queen, blah, 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 and this thing, and you can put them out, and you think, oh, I've got them all. But then someone else has got a trump, and when they put that trump on, the trump always, it's, it overpowers the other cards. It outranks the other card. It outweighs them. It's, it's got more value than the other cards. And what I want us to understand today as no matter what the facts are that we're facing, when we get a promise from God, the promise from God always trumps the facts. The promise from God always outweighs the facts. The promise from God always oversteps the facts. Promise from God. So here's a, we, we've got to get a promise from God. When Danielle and I went to buy our first home, we were living in budrum and we'd seen miracles of provision in rentals and i'd been in a i'd stayed in a place for a year for rent free we we moved into this place at one point for about 40 or 50 dollars a week less than it that we should have paid in rent and so we'd seen god baby steps do things for us in the terms of our houses but we decided it's time to get our own house and so we went on this journey, and we were, we were looking in Budrum Meadows. And so the first thing we did, we had a promise from God out of Psalm 37. And so we, we, we you know, started to pray the promise, and we wrote the list. We want a four-bedroom, brick house with a double garage and an ensuite. This is the list in this, in this Budrum Meadows vicinity. That's what we want. I remember quite fun because I'd talk to real estate agents and say, this, this is what we're looking for, uh, four-bedroom, single-level brick uh, and, you know, and the first one we talked to said, oh, great, I've got just the thing. And they wanted to show us a three-bedroom timber, double-story building in Palmwoods. I'm like, listening skills, that's not working for anybody here. But here's, here's the thing that, they, that, that, that was going on. Some of them would say it, and some of them would imply it, sir, that's not gonna happen. You need to face the facts of what's going on. In fact, some well-meaning Christian people along with time can tell you in a, in a nice way, John, you just need to face the facts. That's, you need to just accept reality. You just need to walk in wisdom. And I'm, I'm telling you, I do need to face the facts, but I don't need to come under the facts. It's a whole different thing. And so we, we, we wrote our list down and we began to look and we began to look and, and you know, we found one place at one point that we, that we thought was it. We had a building inspection, had a massive crack down the wall and so that it fell over that was disappointing okay then we found another then we found another place that I was convinced was it and I've told this story before I was so convinced this was it even when they didn't accept our offer and somebody else accepted our offer I I went and prayed over the house even though it had an under contract sign for for a month until literally I parked out the front while a car well a, a van moved the new people into the house okay maybe not our house that's okay But here's the thing that happened. And I want to tell you this today, no matter what your your faith project is and what miracle you're believing for, in every journey of a miracle, there will be setbacks. There will be disappointments. There will be moments when you are believing for this and you got that. And every time that happens, we have a choice. Will I believe the facts all I believe the promise the facts might be this but the promise is that and so a setback can can kind of make you want to sit back and sit down and give up on the inside and go well maybe that's God's will but can I tell you today we don't determine God's will by our circumstances we determine God's will by the promises that he makes over our life and so the temptation is to step to sit down and step back and go into lethargy and oh well if it's god's will it'll happen but i'm telling you if it's god's will it will happen through you and through your faith that's the way he works so you set back and so we found this other place and eventually we found two places and i remember um they they were both they both ticked the boxes one was good one was good and one was awesome I remember talking to the real estate agent about these places and said, "Just put the offer in." It was twenty five percent under the asking price. Just put the offer in. We we like it, you know, and we've got our list. I didn't pull the god card on her. I just I didn't want to sort of mess her around too much. I just said, "We really like it," and put the offer in. What have we got to lose? These are the words she said to me. If you get that house, her words, not Christian, it'll be a minor miracle. If you get this house. That will be a major miracle for that price. I'm like, awesome, I love that language. That's the language of faith. That's how we work. She put the offer in. She came back to us and said, you're not going to believe it. Oh, try me. Uh, they've accepted your offer for less than 25% of what they were asking for. And we began to work the miracle. We began to, we talked to an aunt and we borrowed a little bit of money here and a little bit of money there. We, we had some, a little bit of deposit. And we put it all together and we stretched and we saw God work with us a miracle that got into the market and from there has began to do miracles. So my question to you is, what's the the promise today? What's the promise God's got for you? You see, someone will will tell you well-meaningly, oh no, okay, you, you gotta just deal with that thing. Here's the thing. If Moses had faced the facts, the Israelites would still be buried in the desert. But he didn't face the facts. He believed the promise from God, put your rod out over that water and I will open it up if Joshua faced the facts the Israelites would still be in the wilderness right now they'd be buried there in the wilderness and he wouldn't have believed and taken the ark out and taken a step of faith for the Jordan River to open up if Joshua had listened to the well-meaning person who said, oh Joshua, just face the facts there's walls all around Jericho it's impenetrable no one's ever got in there before no one can ever get in there and if he'd faced the facts and stayed there they wouldn't have tried But he faced the facts and goes, yes, it's impossible. Awesome. This is God territory. So we're going to do whatever God's promised. And God said, walk around that place seven times and then it will fall down and I will get the glory for taking this city. That's God. If David had faced the facts, he would have stood in front of Goliath and Goliath, who's a mighty, you know, nine, 10 foot giant. He's a mighty man of war. David's not, not been in battle before. If he'd faced the facts, he would have run the other way. But instead he faced the facts and he ran at the facts. He ran at them taunting the facts, saying, I know you're big, you're ugly, you're hairy, you're terrifying, but I've got God and His promises on my side. (laughs) Face the facts. The facts might be that you're sick, but God's promise is that you're healed. The facts might be that you're broke, but God's promise is that he's, he's, you're wealthy. The facts might be there's no way naturally you could get into your own home, but the promise from God comes and says, I delight to give you your own place. Whatever those facts are, God's got a promise that will overcome those facts. So we're at a, a zone as a church right now. I love it. Where we're, We've got 30 acres of land in Rainforest Drive. And the facts are that it's worth $1.2 to $1.5 million. That's the facts. And we did everything we could. We went to see counsel. We prayed. We fasted as a church. We said, if you could just change the zoning, we could add almost a zero to that. If you just, instead of it being this particular zoning, if you could broaden it out. And we went into that meeting with faith. And, you know, we're working the miracle because miracles often require people to work the miracle. We went into that meeting. And we sat down with them, and then it just went from bad to worse. They actually said, oh, since last time you, you, you inquired, the flood zones got higher, so there's less usable land. The roads will get cut off. There's no way we could change it to anything apart from what it is right now. So it's going to be exactly the same value it is right now. Setback. That's a setback. A setback can make you get deflated and sit down or it can make you step up in faith. It can make you go, all right, now let's just, let's just re- recover this. That's the facts. There's no denying the facts. That's, it's like in a courtroom. The facts are indisputable. Yours, the doctor's prognosis. It's a prognosis. It's a factual thing. Don't pretend it's the devil. It's a factual report of the circumstances. Don't blame the doctor. Don't, bl- don't blame the, the accountants. Don't blame whoever it might be. Th- th- these are the facts. However, make sure then once you've looked at the facts that you don't keep your head in the facts. Because if you keep your head in the facts and your eyes on the facts and keep living in the facts, you've got to come away from the facts and, and standing on those facts, you've got to put your eyes on the promise. This is what God said. So I remember for, for when God began to tell us about selling that land and finding another piece of land that we hadn't found yet. I remember standing here with a group of kingdom entrepreneurs praying in our church. And I just said to the, I said to the board, will we share with the guys that the Lord's told us to sell that land? and to find somewhere else. And you know, we said, okay, we'll do it. So I'm sharing it with this group of people. And then I go away and I get a text from someone who's heard God. And the text says, I saw you with, I saw you with, um, with gold and a few businessmen with gold and you went and you took it and traded it and you came back with something three times the value. Like, awesome, that's exactly, we, we, we want to do that, we, want, we got this. We began to pray as a board and an exec team on a regular basis. One particular day in prayer, I got a very clear picture of a sign, a white sign out the front, timber sign with sold written across it, and immediately the figure $5 million came to me okay and so here we are on one side i've got russell smith praying and after we'd say what did you hear he goes i heard five million dollars he goes so did i boom and on the other side Richard uh, uh ian Dimon says what did you see he goes i saw a sold sign on the property we go boom sold five million dollars the facts are worth one and a half max but the promise is that's going to sell for five million dollars now do i know how that's going to happen actually no that's actually irrelevant It's irrelevant how Abraham and Sarah are going to have a child when the womb's dead. It's irrelevant that they're going to have to work the miracle, and that's probably the most fun miracle to work, I would reckon, but, but they're going to have to work the miracle. But ultimately, it's only God who can do this. It's only God who can take a barren womb and give it a child. It's only God who can do miracles. I love it. The facts are, Peter, that's water. You can't walk on that. Be wise, Peter. Accept it. Son, He goes, yeah, well, the facts are you can't walk on water, but Jesus gave me a promise and he said, come. So I'm just gonna step out on that water and it's possible if it's a promise because every time a promise trumps a fact. Every time a promise from God trumps a fact. You just gotta keep your head and focus. Can I get the band to come on up here right now? Every time, every time, every time, it dominates. So we gotta then make a choice. Where, where am I going to keep my mind? Where am I going to keep my thoughts? My thoughts have got to be. This is what the Bible says, uh, that we need to um, set our mind on the things of the Spirit. We need to set, we need to govern our mind, it actually says, so that we're not coming on, focusing on the things of the flesh, but the things of the Spirit. So for, for us over the years, we've done different things like this. When we went for our last house miracle, I just got the contract that they'd knocked back and I started to write promise after promise over the contract because the promises from God trump the answer from the other side. If you've got a doctor's report, don't ignore it. Don't Don't get rid of it. Write the, write the promise from God over the top of it. If, if you're believing for a miracle and every day hold on to that thing and say, God, the facts are blah, 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 but I'm believing your promise. I look down for a moment. I rebuke the devil from bringing discouragement. But ultimately, you'll know your win when you can say the facts and it doesn't cause anxiety in you you know faith's coming alive in you where you can tell someone here's the situation here's the circumstance i know it's impossible i'm not afraid of the circumstance anymore but i believe the promise of god so right across this room right now i want to tell you what i saw as i was praying i'm, I'm already pumped about next week's part two of this message there's three parts i'm going to do over the next three sunday mornings of this message what I saw last night as I was praying is I just felt like the Lord wanted to encourage people who are believing God for their own home. Now you might, you might have an investment property somewhere, but you want your own home on the Sunshine Coast and you're a tither. That was just the two things. You're a tither. If you want God's blessing on your life, then you've got to be a tither. That's the, that's the base level for the entry point for blessing. It's you saying it's all yours, Lord. And so I'm returning the first 10th of my increase to you. That's, that, that gets you into the miracle zone. All right? So if you're in that situation, this is, I saw this picture. you love this, Teresa. It was very clear. It was like um, pillows. You know, if you see uh, like in a royal palace where they have pillows and like a crown sitting on it and like a cover over it. Or, or a pillow with, with costly jewels on it. And I saw, first of all, I saw this pillow and it had a key on it. It was like I knew exactly this. This is God saying, I've got promises of a key for people's houses. And then as I prayed about it, I saw angels lining up along the front, all grabbing their pillow, turning around, and holding the pillow with the key for those people who, who this is your... This, I'm not talking about people like, oh, that'd be nice if I got my own house. I'm talking about people who are believing God for this. I believe as we, as we go into this season where God does miracles for us corporately, where he does miracles for us in terms of the selling of our land, the purchase of Power Road, that there's an atmosphere of the miraculous in this place. I already know over the last 12 months as we pushed in a number of people who've bought their first home, uh, I get a great kick out of it. I think it's spiritual and significant when people do this. But I believe that there's some more people that, who are in this case. So if you're here this morning and you're like, that's me, I'm a tither and I'm believing God for my, for my own home or our own home. It's, it's a, a miracle that I wanna see. Would you just put your hand up right now and say, that's me. All right, can we stand up together? I want you to come down the front. Just come down the front, come down the front, not looking to me. You're looking to the Lord right now. There's the power of God coming right now. There's the power of God coming right now. All right, just stop for a moment. I just wrote down five things for each of you here right now. I just want to give some wisdom around this. The first thing is, make sure you're sowing into God's house. You're involved in vision builders. Because if you if you seek God's house, He'll look after your house. That's the principle. If you put God's house first, He'll put your house first. Okay, so that's the principle. But it's the sowing that allows God to multiply back to you. The second thing is write the list. If you haven't done it already, go home and write a list. We would like this kind of house, these particular features. Be as specific as you would like. What area, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Don't be too locked down on the area, but just be just work work it. Write it down as a as a point of faith as a beginning point. The third thing is just make sure that you're actually being a wise steward. You're you're just not like, okay, over to you, God. You you work it out. If you've got debts and that you need to clear beforehand, write them down. I once talked to a guy who was badly in debt, who who thought he was in faith, but I could never actually get him to write his actual debts down because it was too intimidating. And every time I talked to him, he'd tell me about a different debt here and a different debt there. Write them down and see that as part of facing the facts and stepping on top of those things with the promise of God, okay? So be a good steward. If you've never done a money management course, or if it's not a strength of yours, do do our money management course. All right, then from there, over that list, begin to pray daily, every day, just to get together, husbands and wives, together. If you're on your own, pray on your own every day. God, I bring this list for you. I'm asking you to give me my own home, my own unit, my own property. Just be every day, make it a focus. And then when and he gives you a promise. Add that and pray that every day. I want to I um, lend you one, okay? Because this is one that God gave to us. So you can use this until you get your own. You can make this your own. It's, it's Jeremiah three nineteen. I thought to myself, this is God. I would love to treat you as my own children. I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest possession in all the world. I look forward to you calling me father and I wanted you never to turn from me. Your father in heaven loves you. He just wants you to call him father. He wants you to honor him. It's Jeremiah 3:19. It's in the NLT and he wants nothing more than to bless you. Wipe out whatever that other thoughts are, but he wants nothing more than to bless you. He wants nothing more than to give you the desires of your heart if you call him father. And then the last thing is begin to work the miracle. Just begin to work the miracle. Take steps of faith. Start to look at places, start to look at loans start start to start to just don't think i can't because i'm here just start to open up you might be able to borrow a little bit of money off someone here or someone there just open up your heart for the miracle to happen for god all right let's lift our hands to heaven right now father i thank you for the anointing the holy ghost in this place right now i thank you